Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Reset our lives, our hearts, our spirits, our desires uh, this this weekend. Uh, and if it's still going on, we'll go on to next week. Don't matter to me. It's just whatever God leads. Uh, but anyway, I changed it to reset because I don't think we're dead enough to call it revival. Amen. So there's life here. Amen. But the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me that uh, sometimes we just need a reset. Sometimes my phone goes to acting up on me. And it's not because it don't have the ability to do what it's supposed to do, so I have to reset it. I have to turn it off and turn it back, and bam, it comes back alive. Are you following me? Amen. It's kind of like a, a, a breaker in your breaker box. Sometimes too much power comes in or, or it comes in in a foreign manner and it just throws your breaker. Does that ever happen to anybody? <laughs> just strips your breaker. You just trip out. Uh, uh, you know, and, and just all of a sudden, for no reason at all, you tripped out uh, and you feel like you've lost all power. Well, all you got to do is go to the break box and switch it back on, right? Amen. You ain't got to go through days and hours and months of condemnation. And am I talking to anybody? Amen. You just got to reset every now and then. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this world and we're just dealing with things every day. And sometimes we just go through things. I am so thirsty. Thank you. You are prophetic. <laughs> are you seeing that white stuff on my face? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So we need a reset. So that's what this weekend's all about. And I'm encouraging you to be back tonight because I'm, I'm just going to basically lay a foundation, but tonight I'm really going to get into some stuff that the Lord is showing me. And I also want to invite you as a body to help us out. Here we believe in the multiplicity of leadership. In other words, we don't believe the kingdom is a one-man show. Amen? Even though every movement's got its leaders and you got to have a quarterback and this kind of stuff, amen, it's a team effort. And God has really been dealing with me, Elder Benny. It's good to have y'all back in service with us so much. Your lovely wife. My God, we miss y'all when you're gone. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I got mushy with Benny and forgot what I was saying. I love you, dude. So, uh, uh, you know, the elders are going to be getting together early, 5.30 uh, or 6 o'clock, come on, I'm sorry, 6 o'clock on uh, Tuesday morning. And our quest is going to be to, to have a scriptural, biblical mission statement for Life Church. You know what I'm saying? What's church supposed to look like? What are we supposed to expect when we come to church? What does the New Testament say the church is supposed to look like? What should we see happening in church that we're not seeing happening. Are y'all with me? I mean, that's the kind of leadership you've got that we, we don't want to fall into religion or man's tradition. We want what God says. So I want to I uh, open the door to you as a church. Amen. We're going to be seeking God and studying and finding that church so that when we go to prayer, we're praying the very characteristics of the New Testament church. That's what we're after. That's our goal. That's what we're aiming at. So I want to allow you to be a part of that. Amen. Be praying, seeking God. What do you see in the New Testament that we're not seeing now? What do you think ought to be happening in the body of Christ? Send it to us. Send it to Flock Note. Josh will get all that, and I won't have to worry with it. <laughs> now, he can send it, send it to my personal phone. I don't care because we want to know what you think. Now, it has to be scriptural and biblical. Okay? 
All right. Look to your neighbor and say reset. Uh, I want to deal with some stuff this morning. Uh, I got so much knowing I'm preaching tonight and trying to put it all in this category. But I think I'll start in Judges. And I want you to go with me in Judges. I've stopped them from using the screen because I was, I was afraid you would get lazy. Thank you. Amen. And, and wouldn't go to your Bible. And I was hoping I'd hear some pages turning, but most of you got your little phone out. And that's all right. But I want you to go with me with these scriptures today. And I want to throw some stuff out here. And tonight we're going to preach. I don't have to preach now because Josh done did. So I'm going to lay a foundation. Is that good English? <laughs> uh, Judges, chapter number six. I'm going to help some. Wow, that sounds neat. I hear pages turning. Thank you, Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> flip them. Wow, hadn't it been powerful this morning? This is what life is all about, amen. And I've been praying that we wouldn't just have a name, Life Church, that we would live up to it, amen. There ought to be life in this place. Judges, chapter number six. All right, wipe that poker face off and get real. Verse number 11. You got to understand, look at me, that the lamb was under siege because the church was disobedient and this and that. They're being just tormented by the Midianites and Amalekites and they're just living in a total disarray. Uh, their cities are taking over. They're not dominant anymore. They're in a very defeated stage of their life. And in the midst of it, look at verse number 11. It says, And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak tree which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it. Somebody say hide it. To hide it from the Midianites. And right in the midst of his depleted, defeated circumstances, 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said exactly what you would have said. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why or am I in this mess? Why then is all of this befallen us? And where be all his miracles? Huh? Can anybody relate to Gideon? If you're so with us, why am I afraid why am I hiding and where are the miracles I read about? Thank you. Thank you. And where are the miracles which our father told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You got to respect his honesty. If we just be honest, we could probably move forward. Oh, that was, that was real right there, huh? If you just tell how you really feel, God could probably work with it. 
And the Lord looked upon him and said, this is a strange statement. Go in this thy might, and you shall save Israel from the land of the Midianites. Wow, what is that? (laughs) Have I not sent thee? He's telling him how defeated they are, how discouraged they are, and God's response is, oh, go, go use your strength to beat this bunch. So obviously God is seeing something Gideon ain't. Can I get a witness? All he sees is weakness and defeat, and the Lord don't even acknowledge it. Oh, God, I just got to let that sink in. Go in your... Uh, 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 can you see, get it? Lord, did you not hear what I just said? We're defeated. I'm discouraged. And did you notice I'm hiding out? And you're telling me to go in my strength and deliver. I got to move. And he said unto him, Oh, my Lord. <laughs> my Lord. You ever heard my Lord? How in the world shall I save Israel? Behold, that means look, 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 just look. My family is poor and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with you and you will smite the Midianites as one man. Now turn with me to the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter number 4 and verse number 1. When you get it, shout, let's go. Does the saints play today? What time? Oh, Lord, he said 12 o'clock. You better DVR'd it. 4 and 1. Now, now, stay with me because we're going to deal with Scripture. Tonight, we're going to get into some meat. Amen. So, we're, I'm, I'm calling the whole church for this reset weekend. But 4 and 1 says, Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, somebody shout, that's the church. Judah and Benjamin is the church. Now, when the adversaries of the church heard that the children of captivity built the temple of the Lord Unto the Lord God of Israel, huh? When they heard there was progress. When they heard you decided to go deeper. When they heard you decided to get closer. When the enemy heard you in your prayer closet, he heard you talking about. I want more of God. I'm going to go deeper in God. I'm going to go higher in God. He said, when the enemy heard that they decided to rebuild the Lord's house, they came to Zerubbabel, to the chief of the fathers, and said, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of of these guys. But it was a trick. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build a house to our God. 
Oh, but somebody read it with me if you're in King James. But we ourselves together. Are y'all listening to me? But we ourselves together. Tell your neighbor it's going to take all of us. We ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as the king Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Here it is, verse number four. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. And they what? They hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. My God, have I preached already? They heard they was building, so they said, we can't sit back and watch you grow. I can't sit back and watch you succeed. So the people of the land begin to weaken the hands of the people and, and frustrate, and, and, it, and it said they hired counsel, uh, counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign of Darius. And look at verse number six. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote unto him an accusation against the church. You can be seated as I share a few more scriptures with you. Write this scripture down. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 9. Paul said, a great door, a great door and effectual is opened unto me and they are many adversaries. In other words, anytime there is a potential for growth, the potential itself attracts the devil. Amen. Amen. Anytime, Paul said, a great and effective door is opened unto me and the adversity is great. Now listen, I'm going to take just a few minutes to help you understand what's going on in your life. And tonight we'll preach. Amen. Uh, that it is a biblical principle. It is a natural principle. That anytime you decide to go from one dimension to the next dimension, it does not matter in what it is. Whether it's in business, whether it's in family, whether it's in the kingdom of God, anytime you decide to leave a common habitual activity to take it to the next level, the move itself will always create adversity. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Amen. And you need to understand this. If you don't, you'll get discouraged. There's always going to be an enemy. Anytime you get a plan, anytime you plan, amen, to do more for Jesus. Come on now. Who am I talking to? You know, the plans you made, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run harder. I'm going to get in there. It's the pull. The plan is the pull you feel, amen, of God pulling you into another dimension. And when you really start making plans, amen, I'm telling you, how many plans have been made on a Sunday morning under the inspiration of worship? How many plans and purposes have been established while the preacher was preaching? My God, 
God, I'm going to get it. I'm telling you, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth and I'm going to grow and I'm going to be so spiritual. And man, I so, I so envy that, that, that worship team and leader. I'm, I'm going to get in position. I'm going to sing. I'm going to write. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. And you just get it all planned out and you can just see it in your mind and heart and spirit and you know where you're going to go, how you're going to be, what you're going to do, only to walk out that door and then there'll be a hired assassin to assassinate your plan. Huh? God, it's real. It's just hired assassin to assassinate uh, uh, your plan. Well, I, I want to help you and I want to take some of the lies out of it so you can move into your destiny. I need you to know and, uh, uh, this morning that it's always been about land. Somebody shout land. It's always been about land the, in, in the Bible. It's always been about territory. It's always been about land. Matter of fact, uh, I, I did a study and I ran out of sticky notes to put in my Bible that it was always about God saying, I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you more land. I'm going to expand your boundaries. Amen. Father Abraham, the Bible calls him in the New Testament, the father of our faith. Are y'all going to go with me this morning? It calls him the father of faith, right? Amen. That we are the sons of Abraham, the Bible said. And the first promise Father Abraham ever got was land. It's in your Bible. Amen. And then from uh, Abraham, uh, uh, Jacob, Isaac, are, are you following me? Amen. Every one of them, the promise would come back. Just like I promised your father, I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you the land. Amen. The territory. He marked out the boundaries, said, this belongs to you. Are y'all with me? This belongs to you. This is yours. Everywhere you put the sole of your foot, he said, I have given it unto you. Somebody shout, it's about the land. It's about terror. It was about expanding. Amen. Well, when it come over into the New Testament, it changed from land to territory. Okay? Territory. Why? Because Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You know what a kingdom represents? A territory that is ruled and reigned by a king. Somebody say it's about territory. So God has always promised us territory. And he that's got the most territory has the most power. He with the most territory has the most authority. Amen. That's why in the Old Testament, they, the kingdoms would go from one kingdom to another. They conquering kingdoms. Are y'all with me this morning? They're expanding their territory. They're expanding their land. Because once you dominate the territory, amen, you get to rule and reign that territory. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's still about territory. Amen. It's always been about dominating territory. Okay? Y'all going with me? Dominating territory. Amen. So when Jesus come, he said, uh, here's how I want you to pray. I need you to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your whole goal, he said, and prayer ought to be to expand the territory of the kingdom on this earth. Amen. In the Old Testament, to expand the territory, they had to fight flesh and blood. Can I work this a little while? They had to fight flesh and blood. Amen. They had to draw their swords. They had to get their spears. They had to get their bows and arrows. Amen. And they expanded the territory. And he said, Joshua, you're a warrior. Everywhere you put your foot, it's yours. Go and take it. 
Amen. The problem with the land is, even though it was their inheritance, when they got to the land to take it, it was inhabited by squatters. Are you okay this morning? Wait a minute. This is my land. God gave it to my great, 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 great granddaddy. And here we are. Amen. We come to move into all of our promises. And lo and behold, he said, he sent out 12 spies to go spy out the land. Let's go see what God's given us. Amen. So they got together and they went over there and they were picking grapes this big around and grapefruits like this. They was toting it on a pole. Amen. Said, oh my God, all the promises of God. And all of a sudden, they walked up to a city. And there was giants in the land. Their chariots was made out of iron. They were men of war. Them spies tucked their tails, left their promised land, ran back to the church and said, we can't do it. We can't take it. There's giants in the land. We thought the land was ours. But if you'll read the promise, God told Abraham, when I give you the land, I'm going to give you the Amorites and the Kenites and the Canaanites and all them enemy that's in your territory. They're already yours. Are you following me now? They're already yours. All you got to do is draw your sword and tell them you're living on what God has given me. Come on now, I'm going to help somebody today, amen. Are you listening to me? The problem is they didn't want to have to apply faith to get what God promised them. Amen. They didn't want to have to apply any effort that's going to cost me or, or prove that I have confidence in God and I trust in God that it's already done. Amen. So they decided to go back to Egypt. Amen. Listen to me. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus came, conquered every devil. Can I get a witness? He conquered every demon. He conquered everything. And he's given us the territory. Amen. He said it belongs to you. Amen. But what you're going to have to realize is there's a squatter on your promise. There is a devil that's trying to take what God has given to you. And he is requiring us to draw our sword, which is the word of God, and to take back what the enemy has overtaken. So my scripture theme over the last few weeks has been the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Now translated, that literally means, amen, Jesus came preaching this new kingdom. They're used to a kingdom being led by a man and just taking territory. Jesus come preaching a gospel that says this new kingdom that I'm preaching, it suffers violence, meaning it violently moves through the land taking territory. Can I tell you that's what church is supposed to look like? Come on now. Amen. It ain't about you getting to come here and clap your hand and raise your hand, say a little bit of a prayer and going about your business. A church that is a kingdom church is violently taking territory. It is violently telling the devil you can't have this community. Come on now, we're going to build some warriors, amen. A kingdom church is a threat to ever opposing spirit that is out there to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. He said, and the violent are going to take it by force. Amen. Faith is a force to be dealt with. Amen. But here's the problem. 
when a church catches a vision and a church decides to start moving forward, amen, when you as an individual decide to start growing in Christ, amen, and the devil hears about it, when the devil hears about it, he says, I got to frustrate him. I'm going to have to frustrate this plan. Oh, my God, they're, they're coming together. They're being unified. They're praying together. They're getting a plan. Hey, man, hey, she's purposing in her heart. I'm going to go with God, and I'm going to grow like I've never gone before. Amen. And, and as soon as you do, the devil starts hiring counselors. Amen. Tell your neighbor there's a hired counselor after you. Amen. And you know what a counselor is? A counselor is an advisor. Amen. So the first thing the devil starts doing to frustrate your plan is he sends a counselor right in here. Oh, come on, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. I'm gonna help you this morning. Amen. He's 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 he he sends a counselor and I start saying, Amen, you ain't all that. You can't do that. You ain't smart enough for that. Oh, come on. Y'all ain't going to be able to say nothing, but I'm talking about half of you, amen. You, you ain't good enough for that. Look at what, an old poker player. Look at you, amen. <laughs> Can I take this coat off? Amen. Just, just, just look at you, amen. Uh, and he starts trying to frustrate your plan. Somebody just wave at me if I'm, if I'm talking to you, amen. He, he'll, he'll hire counselors, uh, amen. He'll bring situations against you. And if you don't recognize it for what it is, you'll start partnering with the counselor. Counselor that was hired by the devil. My God, help me this morning. Amen. You'll start partnering with a with a with a counselor that was hired by the enemy. Look at you. You think you are such suchy much. You're just a suchy much. If that ain't in the dictionary, it ought to be. Write it down. We'll start it. Amen. You, who do you think you are? Amen. Uh, you think you pray just a little bit and fast a few days. You think you, you think you all that. Amen. You better settle down just a little bit. Uh, Y'all pray for me because I'm after the devil this morning. You better just settle down a little bit because after a while, after all, it ain't been but just a week ago you bawled your husband out. That's just prophetic. Amen. Huh? And you know how you handled that situation the other day and you blew it. Uh, you and your holy self, amen. You just blew it big time. Amen. And all the while, it's about the plan. It's about the purpose. Amen. Because if he can frustrate you, that's the prophetic word he gave us in prayer this morning. If he can frustrate you, amen, it'll cause you to lay the plan down. Amen. He said, I'm going to frustrate. Listen to me, church. Amen. This church is being moved into a position to start taking territory. Amen. I'm going to present that tonight to start taking back some things. But if you don't get this part down, we're never going to get out of the starting gate. Amen. We're never, we're never going to get to move any further if we don't realize it's a plan of the. The Bible says the, the, when they heard this, the people of the land weakened the hands of the church. Amen. What's, what's, what's robbing you, amen, of the strength to do what you're called to do is the very land you live in. Let me make that clear. What's robbing you of who you really are is the fact that you've got to deal with life every day. 
I'm just going to be real. You got to deal with life every day. Amen. You, you got to deal with your little hiccups. You got to deal with your little mess ups. You got to deal with marital situations. You got to deal with teenage situations. You got to deal with church situations. You got to deal with work situations. Is anybody out there? Amen. And if you ain't careful, the very land you live in will begin to weaken your hands and you start thinking, well, I got all this situation, all these problems. I must not be anointed enough. God Almighty, this is good, isn't it? And you just thought it was all normal and natural. Amen. He said, so the, the land, the people of the land weakened them and then troubled them in the building. It's hard sometimes to navigate, Scott, the building and the fighting. The building and the living. My God. Isn't it? You know? It's, it's just so, uh, so, it's so hard to navigate how I can be so spiritual one minute and so carnal the next. Oh, it's quiet. Help me, Jesus. I knew they was going to be quiet on me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, when you, you have those spiritual inclinations, and propensities just to be one with Jesus. Amen. Just to sing glory, hallelujah, pray in the Holy Ghost, read his Bible all day, and, and, just, and just be engulfed in Jesus. Amen. Only for two days later, read the Bible. You mean I need to read my Bible today? You mean I need to get in my prayer closet today? Uh, are y'all okay this morning? Uh, you mean, you mean I, I, I need to be at Bible study tonight? Amen. And so here we are trying to navigate and God and the enemy will use, amen, the workplace and everything I'm going through in life, amen, to, to weaken my hands from the work. And all of a sudden, the building I was doing gets put on the back burner. Okay, okay, are y'all out there? It gets put on the back burner, amen? And it said, they weakened their hands and troubled them in the building. That trouble means to agitate. Have you ever found out how hard it is to worship when you're agitated? Huh? You, you, have you ever noticed how it's just hard to get in the spirit of prayer when you're mad? You're just agitated. I'm aggravated, don't even know why I'm aggravated. I'm just aggravated. Huh? Come on, somebody help me get through this sermon this morning. Amen. I'm just agitated. I'm agitated. Everything the kids is doing, my crazy husband, my crazy wife, huh? just, just life in general. I don't know about the bills. I don't know about this. I'm so agitated. Amen. It's hard for me to be a productive builder. It's hard for me to focus on what God wants me to do. That's all right. I'm preaching this morning. We after something. Amen. And I just got an agitated spirit about it. I'm mad. Don't even know why I'm mad. It's because Satan hired him. He hired him. He hired specialists. Specialists. They are specialists in aggravating you. It ain't her, Scott. It's the devil using her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the devil. 
It's the devil. I'm persuaded to believe every time I go through Houston, amen, that the devil hires counselors to run with me on the freeway. I know he does. Amen. You better get on him. Scoot over. Would you get off my... Uh, are y'all listening to me? Always agitating. Agitate. Y'all, I, I, y'all don't think I'm preaching, but I'm after something in somebody right now. Just got an aggravated spirit all the time. Just aggravated by the devil. And you don't even realize it. Amen. You don't even, you're so frustrated and aggravated and don't even realize Satan's sitting down there saying, I got him. I got them. Amen. They're not thinking about the mission I put them on. They're not thinking about the anointing I put upon their life. They're not thinking about speaking a word of knowledge or healing or reaching to somebody else. I got them right where I want them. It happens every time you push. Don't it? What if you recognized it? What if the red flag said, oh my God, I was just one with God and he is stirring my spirit up and now here I am, I'm aggravated, I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, amen. I know exactly what this is. Come on, I need y'all to get this point. So I I need you to tell your neighbor, now I know. Now I know it's an assignment from the devil. It's an assignment. God, I feel something in that. It's an assignment from hell to aggravate me and to frustrate me, to stop me from my push. I need you to high-five your neighbor and say, push harder, push harder. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. It means you're expanding. Shut up on your time. Hey, listen to this. It's the word of the Lord. Amen. When you start feeling the frustration, it means a great door of opportunity has been done. It's been opened under you and God is about to take you from one level to the next level. Somebody got to get that right now before I go any further. You misunderstood it. And you let the aggravation shut you down. And it was simply God pushing you out of your comfort zone into the next dimension. I ain't got time to read all of it in Ezra. But he told them. They wrote letters to the king and said, you got to stop this church. you got to stop this church. That's what they told him, Scott. Y'all read Ezra. He said, if you don't stop them and they get this thing built, they'll no longer pay taxes. I ain't touching it. <laughs> they'll no longer pay tribute and they'll no longer pay toll. You know what toll is? That's when we travel. I have to pay to get permission to go anywhere I need to go. Amen. He said, if they get this built, devil, they'll not pay you anything. They'll go where they want to go and they'll do what they want to do and they'll travel where they want to travel and they're not giving you anything, amen, to get your permission. You know what tribute is? Tribute is money that is given honoring my submission that you are the king. He said, if they get this house built, they won't be giving you no honor at all. If they get this house built, we won't honor the devil with fear. We won't pay tribute of complacency. Oh my God, are y'all getting this? He said, you got to stop them. You got to stop them right now. You got to stop them because if they get this thing built, (laughs) Tammy, if you get it built, what you're building in your life, if you get it built, amen, the devil will have no more sway. You can't, he ain't saying you're going to pay up. If you'll pay up, I'll give you a little relief today. If you'll pay up, I'll back off. If you ever get it built, if you get this house built right, God Almighty, amen. 
He said, if they get it built, it's going to hurt your revenue. That was in the letter of accusation. Huh? I'm telling you, the devil is doing business out there. Are you listening to me? And getting richer every day on souls. He said, if you get this house built right, you're finna mess up the revenue. You're finna mess up the revenue of Satan. Amen. If you get this thing built right, you're finna put him out of business. The New Testament church was so powerful that sorcerers were bringing their books and burning them in the streets. And all the idol makers had a meeting. They said, we got to stop that church. This is in your Bible. We got to stop this church. We're going broke. We're losing revenue. People are coming off bar stews. People are coming out of crack houses. People don't need false gods anymore. They don't need a double shot. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. We got to stop that bunch down there at Life Church. Amen. Because I'm losing revenue. I believe God is raising up a church that's been a bankrupt hell. Is anybody in this place? We have the power and the authority. But, but you got to realize. I told you I was worried about y'all last time I preached because I knew we was going to lead you into harm's way. We're out there now. And I ain't going back. We're going to take back some stuff. We're going to identify them tonight. We're going to take back some stuff. But the, the devil, Kamal, has hired counselors against your little family. See, you don't know it when you're sitting there squabbling with your wife. He said, hmm. You don't know it when you, that little division comes between the brother and sister in the church. My God, come on, we got You don't know it. You don't know it. Amen. You don't know it when they say something, mean it one way, you took it another way. Or, or let's get really real. They meant it the way they said it. <laughs> uh, let's just get really real. Amen. They, they really meant it what they said. And you don't even realize, amen, that it's just a hired counselor to come in and frustrate and to agitate and to aggravate. Why? Because a house divided will not stand. You can't build his house if your house is coming down around you. Is anybody in this so if you don't realize it, you go to fighting a natural fight. Huh? You go to fighting each other. Devil says, I got you. You're fighting flesh and blood now. So you on your own. Because the spirit don't fight flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. My God, somebody shout frustrated no more. Frustrated. I got to go to my second part of the text just so I can get this off my chest before tonight. So this is the proof when the devil hears of a progressive church. Can I tell you, now this is going to be a crazy statement. There is an element of peace in quitting. Well, thank you. Thank you. He said that's why it's called that comfort. That comfort zone. There is an element of peace in just quitting. God spoke to me one time. That's right. There's no conflict in quitting. There's no, I just quit. I've believed for you, and I've believed for you. I'm, I can't go back there. 
Because when I start believing again, it stirs up old emotions again. And it stirs me up again. And I was in peace because I had resolve. I was in handcuffs, but I was resting. I was in handcuffs, but I was resting. Amen. And there's a certain amount of peace. I'm sorry, I just want to touch your face. There's a certain amount of peace and just giving up. And giving up. And I heard you say this one time. You remember that conversation? You were so honest. You know what? It's easier just to quit. Because if I quit, there's no frustrator. There's no agitator. There's no hired assassin against my... Who am I teaching this morning? There's no hired assassin to my life. And yeah, it creates bondage. But I have found a tranquility in my bondage. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Because at least I'm not at war with myself. I'm not at war with my peers. I'm not at war with the devil. So it's so much easier. But I come to tell you, God is raising up a people and their kingdom people who will take it by force. Somebody say, push. The kingdom is expanding its territory. See, when you surrendered, you gave up territory. You know, it'd be a whole lot easier just to just embrace it. Is this real or what? Be a whole lot easier just to get all of y'all out of my life. I don't want to be connected to you, and I don't want to be connected to you, and I don't want to be connected to you. Because when I get connected to you, I get challenged. Come on now. I get stirred. I get a brother looking me in the eye and say, hey, dude, what's up? And I don't need you. I don't need you. This morning I was up here in prayer, amen, in our morning prayer service. Some of y'all are missing that service, and this morning it was awesome, amen. And I was up here walking and praying like a cage lion, and the prophet started coming. I ran. <laughs> I was running from him back then. I said, I know what this means. If the prophet comes to me, I'm leaving because he's going to have a word. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. So it's better for me to separate myself from you because you can't correct me. You can't, are you listening to me? You can't challenge me. So it's easier just to quit and go about my own way that I can do my own thing and there's more peace out here. I'm hung up on a point, but this must be. So I just need you to know it's true. You can find peace in quitting, but you can't find fulfillment. You can just rest. You can finally find a soft spot in your jail cell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just, just one little comfortable spot I found in my jail cell. You know, it ain't so bad after all. Amen. The reason I need to help some fighters right now. The only reason you're in the battle you're in is because you're a fighter. It's because you won't quit. It's because you won't give up. It's because you won't surrender. Because something in you is wanting you to take more territory. Oh my God, I got to move on. I got to move on to get this second point in. When the enemy heard you was growing. Amen. And there's so many points I want to cover. Amen. And Josh preached on it here a while back about us overcoming religious spirits, racial spirits. Amen. Uh, I remember uh, Jermaine, he don't talk a whole lot except when me and him together. Amen. And, and some persecution that some of y'all went through for coming down here to what they called the white church. I hate that term. <laughs> we're not a white church. We're a kingdom church. Amen. 
And you know what? Well, you preach this, Josh. It would be easier sometimes to say, you know what? I'm just going to go into arenas that don't have this conflict. Huh? Right now I see God leading us as we travel to minister to pastors who's trying to reconcile uh, millennials with old folks. Can I get a witness from you old timers? Amen. I don't even know what millennial means, but that's what they called it. So anyway, amen. And they don't know how to navigate it, and it's created a conflict. Amen. Of a younger view and mindset and an older view and mindset, not to mention the way they dress and look and all of this. I'm not used to that. Amen. Are y'all with me? And a lot of pastors are choking on it when it's a gift from God that God is raising up a generation that will say yes and be obedient. And if that leader, senior leader, don't know how to navigate it, oh, hear me. And if the body don't know how to navigate it, we'll get jealous over the young, you know, shut time on something or we'll get angry at the young instead of well, it's conflict amen I, I, I just amen and you'll be tempted to go to an arena that has nothing but you when God is saying I'm trying to expand your territory I want to teach you how to navigate amen the, what's that scripture I didn't know I was going to preach this but uh, we said that scripture where it said the strength of the young and the wisdom of the old what if we put it together y'all what if we put it together to where amen I can't jump as high as I used to I can't go like I used to go amen but we'll use your legs if we can stay connected are y'all following me amen so God can't grow certain churches because they can't grow beyond my little territory. And it creates challenges where you want to say, you know what, I ain't got to put up with this. I'm the, I'm the big dog here. You sit down, all you little young ladies, just sit down, keep your mouth shut, and I'm going to run this thing like I want to run it. Amen? And then I can stay in my security zone. Huh? But when pastors realize, you got a gift. You got a gift. You got a gift. Are you listening to me? You got to give. And we start releasing that give and incorporating it in the body of Christ. We start taking territory. You know what? And all of a sudden, I've, I've enlarged my tackle box. Now I'm a fisher of all men. Now I don't just reach old folks. I can reach the young folks. Are you listening to me? Now I don't just reach the white. We reached. Are y'all with me? God is about to explode this church. And this is a foundation to get us ready to navigate it. Your frustration and, and getting weak right now means you're in position to leave a dimension to go to the next one. The question is, how are you handling it? Thank you. How are you handling it? How are you seeing it? It's about your perception. Because if not, this is what happens. Come on, can y'all give me a few more minutes? <laughs> The land was in disarray. So God said, I got to have a man. I got to have somebody that will be kingdom minded and take this territory back. So Gideon's sitting there and God shows up to Gideon. He's hiding now. He's threshing out a little wheat and trying to hide it because he don't want the devil taking it. I cannot get sidetracked there. Just hiding it out. The very source of life that God has given him, it was the fruit of his labors, but he's hiding it because he's scared of the enemy. 
And he shows up and says, uh, Arise, O mighty man of valor. <laughs> and see, the problem with this is, come on, I'm going to help somebody. It's when the word of God is preached or when God shows up, he speaks to your potential. But you're surrounded by your land. Come on. Come on. Me, I'm a mom. I got three brats. Okay? <laughs> One of them won't quit his pacifier. I can't even dominate a dirty diaper. <laughs> I'm just trying to be real. Huh? I can't even balance a checkbook. <laughs> My finances is a mess. I can't even bring emotional stability to my own self. <laughs> and you're telling me I'm a mighty man of valor? So this is what happens. Matter of fact, God could not, are y'all still with me? God could not have come at a worse time. Isn't that amazing? How he always shows up and brings one of these challenging messages when I'm in a low. Now, if you would have preached this last week, I might have could have bought in. But I'm telling you, dude, I'm spent. God Almighty. I ain't screaming like he was and climbing on the altar, but I'm still preaching like he was. Are you listening to me? I just blew it, man. And you want to show up and tell me that I'm some kind of mighty man of valor? And you showed up when my forefathers has done worshiping false gods, it's, he said, if, 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 he says, God is with you. If God is with us, why am I such a dysfunctional mess? Boy, y'all are quiet this morning. Why am I so dysfunctional if God is with us? Can I help somebody right here? The only way you can stay that dysfunctional and God be with you is you not be aware that he's with you. It's not that he's not with you. huh? You just thought he was with you Sunday morning while you was worshiping. But he's still with you when you're out there being an idiot. Oh, somebody ought to help me. And if, and if I knew he was with me, it would have changed the way I was acting. But I didn't realize. Huh? Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, say, he's looking at you. He's, he's, he's looking at you. <laughs> he's looking at you. So the first thing the devil's telling you, amen, is, man, I'm too, I'm too defeated to be victorious. I'm too weak to be strong. I'm too, and if God is with us, why am I in this mess I'm in? And then number two, if God's with us, where's all the miracles they talk about? I just got to get real. I don't know if I'm going to answer the question, but I'm going to get real and get a question. Amen. Problem with most of us, we ain't even asking the right question to get the right answer. If you are with us, where's the signs, wonders, and miracles? Can somebody just say that with me? God, if you're with us, where is the signs, wonders, and miracles? Amen. Where is that supernatural in my house, in my life? Amen. If you're so with us, where is it at? Where's it at? And it's amazing how God so turned it that while Gideon is questioning the goodness of God, God turns it around and insinuates the only reason it ain't happening is because you hiding. Did y'all catch that? Because you won't come out of hiding. Can I help somebody? You may be the answer to your own prayer. Mm, I got to explain that a little bit. The only reason you got a burden 
for the school. The only reason you got a burden for crossfire, is that the name of that group up there? Amen. Uh, you can pray about it all you want, but the burden is the proof you are the answer. And if you stay hid out, oh, I'm trying to help somebody in your family right now. You're hid out and you got the burden for it and God is trying to tell me you are the answer to your own prayer, but because you're just getting a little bit and hiding out, I, I, I can't use you to solve the problem. Hey, are you all right? Point number two, or five, or six, or whatever I'm on. God said, no, I want you to go in your strength and save us. God began to speak into something he had on the inside of him that he didn't know he had. Can I help you right now? It don't matter how powerful you are ordained to be. If you don't know it and you don't embrace it, you will squander that power with a false perception of you. I just said something right now I need the majority of this church to get to. The only thing lacking in you and Amanda, all them A's. Yeah. It was spirit of prophecy was trying to work. The only thing lacking in you is the only, the, the only thing that diminishes power in you is how you see you. Amen. And when you don't see yourself as a person of influence, come on, I got to take time right here. Amen. You won't know you're standing in a situation that you are the answer to. You're in an environment that you was anointed to change. So I'm just kind of hiding. I'm still shucking. I'm still praying, I'm still, but I have not saw myself like God sees me. And to me, I'm nothing but a failure, a coward, because I'm letting the land identify me. I'm letting my failures identify me. I'm letting my flesh identify me. And I need a man of God to show up and say, you are a woman of God. You do have the strength. Go in the strength you already got. Always waiting for a knight in shining armor. Can I tell you, he done come, he done died, he done got up, he's gone. <laughs> he double side. He done won. Your knight in shining armor done come. Now he's empowered you to expand your territory. Somebody shake your neighbor and say, I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out. I'm expanding my territory. I'm tired of this little bitty living space. You double see, okay, hey, hey, I got to work some stuff. Are y'all okay? This is reset weekend. Y'all stay with me all day, half the night. This is why a lot of people in churches who don't know they're influential. See, leadership is not about titles. I can give you a title. Courtney, it'll get better. Come on back. It's about titles. And I can give you the title of an apostle or a pastor. And you can put it on your chest. You can walk around. Got me a title. That don't make you a leader. Huh? huh? Yeah. yeah. Hey Amen. I heard somebody say one time, you'll know you're not a leader if you're leading and nobody's following. Hmm. Where's my followers at? But if God gives you a gift called influence... People follow you. A lot of, a lot of men are, have influence on their jobs and they'll go straight to the top. 
They'll dominate. They'll create their own business. Are you listening to me? And women. Amen. And they use influence and come into the body of Christ and be deadheaded. When you could use the same influence you use out there in this kingdom. But the only difference is you got to have a little spirituality about you in this kingdom and you don't that one. Oh, we just working everything. Somebody shout, reset. reset. Scott, you got influence. Do you know that? You got to know that. You're a multi-millionaire. <laughs> don't tell me any different. I choose to believe it. I prophesy. Don't laugh at it. Say amen. You're a multi-millionaire. Hey, listen. He's got influence. Amen. Started at 16 years old. Now he owns half the Sonics in the world. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, amen. Are you listening to me? You know how he got that? God put a gift in him before he was ever born. It's called influence. And, and, and you gravitate towards influence, amen. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be boisterous. If you got it, you got it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you talk, people listen. You just influence. And that's why you got to be careful what you say when you have influence because it carries more weight than that knucklehead over there that ain't got none. Oh, my God, there's so much to teach. Are you listening to me? But anyway, you leaders, come on, you got influence. Huh? I don't know why. Hairdo like that. Why would God give him influence? <laughs> he said, because he's got hair. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm working some. Somebody shout, reset. reset. You got influence. And the problem with this creates in churches is, Strong leaders have a lot of influence, and if they don't know it, it's dangerous. Here's why it's dangerous. Because laity will look at influence and, and look up to it, and they'll respect it. And it means a whole lot to you when someone in, with influence takes time to look at you and speak to you. Are you following me? It kind of just gives you honor. You know, that's a man of influence, and he stopped and shook my hand. He talked to me. But if you don't know you have that influence, you think you're a nobody. So you don't think much about rubbing shoulders like they don't care if I talk to them or not. Come on, I'm telling you, I'm hitting the devil in the head with something right here. Huh? And then that loyalty say, they stuck up. Huh? Maybe you can't, maybe I need to preach this in leadership. Well, who do they think they are? They won't even speak. They won't even say nothing to me. When in, when in our mind, why would you want me to speak to you? I'm just a Gideon like you. I'm just a little nobody like you. So you got to learn how to steward influence. And I was taught this a long time ago, and that's why if y'all watch me, amen, I take time with the little ones. Are you following me? Amen. I take time with the little ones because it means a lot to those little ones. And I want to insteward uh, influence. Amen. And, and, and if you don't understand what it is, you'll only navigate to your generation. And you're only able to communicate with your generation. But if you understand, I am a man of influence, I am a woman of influence, and I can navigate in any arena. I can come in with the young folks. Amen. Amen. And navigate here, and I can navigate with the old folks. Somebody shout reset. reset. 
Amen. But if you don't know who you are, you're just seeing yourself as nobody and you're hid out. And God said, I called you to change a nation. I called you to change a school. I caused you to change. Are y'all listening to me? I put you on that job. Uh, uh, first name? Tanya. Sorry about that. I put you there for a reason because I give you influence. But if you don't realize it, you'll be hiding out all the time. You'll be hiding out all the time. You, you, you won't be using your influence to bring change because you're letting the devil tell you you are what your circumstances say you are. That, you're, that, that, that you're, you're, you don't have that strength. When God said, I don't, isn't that, isn't that something? He said, Gideon, I don't have to give you anything else to go do what I need you to do. I need you to go in what I've already given you. I need you to recognize the strength I've already given you. I need to go into it. Last point. Soon as he got the call, he got the challenge. He seen that God is saying, I'm going to be with you. He starts bringing up his social standing. So if my internal dysfunction wasn't enough, let me tell you about my mom and him. Let me tell you about my neighborhood. Let me tell you how I was raised. Are y'all with me? Look, you don't understand. Not only is my family the poorest in the whole tribe, I'm the youngest in the family. I'm the least likely. Isn't this amazing? When God is trying to get you to transition into a greater dimension of influence, you will talk yourself out of it with the land you live in. You'll talk yourself out of it. And you'll always deem somebody else more qualified than you are. You know what? I can't see myself doing that. But you know old Hondi back there? He's your man, God. Go get Hondi. I, I, I believe in Hondi. Huh? Like Sarah. I believe in Hagar, God. I can't produce what you want me to produce. But if you'll... It, but old Hagar can do it. Amen. Come on now. I'm, I'm really trying to reset somebody right here, right now. Okay, I need you to stay with me. You're talking yourself out of what God has called you to do. You're letting the enemy frustrate the purpose right when you were about to step into your, a greater opportunity. And you're probably in one of the lowest areas of your life right now. The worst time at all that God could come knocking on my door and try to give me this kind of a word. In reality, you're not stepping into all that God called you to be because you're looking at all of your surroundings, amen, saying, I can't because of this. I just can't see myself operating on that level. I just can't see myself being anything else than I, what I am right now. And God said, Gideon, I want you to get up and go in your strength and remember this, I'm going to be with you. Listen to me right now. If you can't go on anything else, you can go on this. God's going to be with you. You don't have to rely on your strength. You don't have to rely on your wisdom. You don't have to rely on you at all. All you got to know is I'm going to be with y'all. And let me, let me just ease the conviction a little bit that Gideon was no different from us. 
he come out from behind that rock and said, I'm going to go do something for Jesus. And right in the middle of it, he laid a fleece on the ground. God, if that was really you, uh, who am I teaching right now? If that was really you, let it do everywhere else but not on this fleece. Come back the next morning, it was wet everywhere else but the fleece. Gideon said, yes, I'm going to do great things for Jesus. Turn around and said, Lord, if this is really you, let the fleece be wet and everything else. Can anybody relate to Gideon? But I close out with this point. The Bible says Gideon built an altar. The only thing that's going to get you out of that dimension into this dimension is you're going to have to build an altar. You're going to have to build an altar of prayer because I'm telling you prophetically, God is trying to expand your territory. But if you let the frustrating spirits come in, you let the hired counselors come in and tell you every lie in the world, he's going to stop the building. It's going to be reset in your life today. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.